Hey guys, and welcome to today's episode of Give It The Beans. Hopefully you enjoyed last week's episode where I invited Christian on. Um, it'd been a while since I'd had a guest on, um, and it was good fun. Um, remember the first 50, 60 episodes of this podcast really was me interviewing a lot of the sort of UK bodybuilding scene and some uh, some big names from across the pond. Um, Joe Bennett, the hypertrophy coach, if you remember, and... Um, the late John Meadows um, and, and quite a few others but anyway it is now almost the end of July can't believe we're away to get into August the 8th month of the year it's went incredibly fast update from my end um, I guess the last time I did this podcast I had Ian competing that weekend who uh, went on to win his class um, a class of 15 he was in the WNBF first timers and uh, what a look he brought to the table Um extremely proud um, and was happy with how we done everything and I'll maybe talk a little bit um, in today's podcast about what we done sort of peeking into that show with sodium because um, that'll be the topic of today's podcast um, but he actually Ian actually goes again this weekend um, PC muscle talk uh, this Saturday and um, excited to see what he can bring to, to that that uh, that show it's um, it's one that He's a natural going into an untested fed, um, but, but it was certainly a, an opportunity to show that I thought that he could do incredibly well in, particularly with the package that he has, just the, the men's physique shape that he, he has. Uh, I definitely think that it was worthwhile doing it, um, considering his next show is, is, was literally like four or five weeks after his first. So, yeah, give us another one. Um, and then, thereafter, as I said, in August, it's, um, it's quite busy from the third week of August really till the last week of October there are two or three people competing almost every single weekend which is really really exciting um, it's going to be a busy end to the the second half of the 2022 season and an extremely busy start of the 2023 season because there's already a lot of people that are committed to shows which I can't wait for so anyway on to the, the topic of today's podcast which is about bodybuilding and sodium and I guess you could say you know in the past few years like there's just been more of an importance placed upon electrolyte intake um, but particularly sodium in the bodybuilding community you could argue potassium as well after maybe last year but not so much this year Um, but this is kind of just stemmed from coaches simply increasing their knowledge on physiology uh, maybe manipulating um, like sodium levels or electrolyte levels going into shows to get a desired look and I think that whilst this has kind of been widely accepted by the bodybuilding community um, I still think there's a lot of people out there that will maybe not really understand okay well why are they adding sodium maybe in the form of pink salt to their diet or maybe they're adding in electrolytes um, into workout so I guess the aim of, of this podcast is just to shed a little bit of light um, on sort of why you would maybe add sodium into your into your diet, um, what it does within the body, what we benefit, how we benefit from that as bodybuilders, um, and you know how we can potentially, or maybe just discuss the the difference in opinions, the arguments of manipulating that going to a show because there's many different opinions out there. Um, so sodium itself is is an electrolyte. Was an electrolyte. It's just a it's just a term used for a particle that that's going to carry a positive or negative charge um, in the nutrition that term refers to you know essential 
um, minerals that are found in your blood, your sweat, your urine, and really these minerals are involved in many metabolic process metabolic processes throughout the body, which is going to include you know supporting muscle function, uh, maintaining sort of acid base balance, hydration, and like essential electrolytes would include sodium, potassium, chloride, uh, calcium, magnesium, phosphate, and there's one more, it's uh, bicarbonate, I'm sure. If I'm wrong, please do correct me, but I'll go go check after this podcast. But um, whilst they all have their importance, they they absolutely do, (laughs) to do a podcast on them all, um, I think would take forever. You know, you could be here for hours. Um, and I could probably I could probably go on for longer than I usually do on sodium, but for just now, um, today's podcast is simply going to focus on sodium um, for reasons that, um, that you'll learn about, but the main ones including that, you know, we tend to, um, we tend to as bodybuilders have uh, more of a need for it than the average Joe based on the amount of muscle mass we have. Uh, we tend to sweat more, we eat more, we drink more. Um, and, you know, all at the same time, our goals are to continue to get bigger and bigger. So, therefore, having an increased sodium intake is kind of essential in, uh, in what we do. So, let's have a think about, right, sodium, like, what does it do? And I'd say, first, firstly, it's, it's very important for the proper functioning of your, your nervous system. So, your brain will send signals, electrical signals through your nerve cells uh, to communicate with all cells in the body and for the majority of the time people you know know that as nerve impulses so you pretty much your brain talks the rest of your body through electricity pretty much electrical signals now these are generated by changes to the electrical charge of a cell and, and these changes occur from the movement of sodium into cells called neurons but again we're not going to go into detailed physiology and again apologies if anyone's out there wanting to know the detailed physiology of this podcast is just pretty much for to put everything across in layman's terms um so again apologies if you're well inept with physiology i'm going to butcher it slightly so anyway sodium's managed to make its way into a cell this allows that electrical signal to be passed along the chain and for that electrical message to reach its intended target so as bodybuilders, what? You know, let's use an example. Let's use our ability to contract muscle. So our, our the signal from our brain to our muscle to say, right, contract, fire, turn on. Now, for you sitting here right now, listen to this, this is probably a, a very much a thoughtless process, right? Something that you can do with not much thought about, but then also at the same time, it is something that you can actively put a lot of thought into and generate more muscle fiber recruitment. So if you're sitting there right now, you could just bicep curl, um, you know, your water bottle without actually having to do much. But kind of without you knowing in the short time, you know, the, the milliseconds, nanoseconds it takes to happen, your brain is actually sending the signal to your bicep to effectively, in brackets, tell it to contract. And sodium, in this instance, is facilitating that process. So you're thinking like, right, okay, number one, I know my brain talks to muscles and it also has my body through electrical signals and this happens through the movement of sodium now if we're thinking about bodybuilders we we tend to have more muscle than the average joe 
So more muscle mass is probably going to require more signaling or a stronger signaling, isn't it, to try and get more muscle fiber recruitment. So more nerve cells are probably laid down and ultimately there's going to be more of a need for sodium or you could say more sodium in the diet to help send that message to get as much muscle contraction as we we would like because that's what our goal is as bodybuilders, right? We're trying to go into a lift. Yeah, we're trying to progress it. But we're trying to actively recruit as many muscle fibers as we possibly can and break them down. So therefore, like to, to sum up that first point, the first reasoning for adding sodium into our diet would be support the nervous system functioning, um, f- but also for an optimal muscle contraction. You know, if, maybe I guess the counter argument for that could be that not enough sodium in the diet, not as strong muscle contraction. So I was thinking the first reason, and I want to say that first because the second one which I'll go into is the one that mo- most people are um, aware of, concerned of, um, and will know about. But that first one is not one that many people know about. So the second one, um, probably the more common one is that people know is or are aware of is that it plays a crucial role in hy- hydration and maintaining fluid balance throughout the body. And it does this through something called the sodium potassium pump. It's a pump that will tend to move three sodium molecules out of a cell and it'll move two potassium molecules in a cell. But I digress, we're not gonna get into that. But let's just be aware that what that'll then happen is, what that'll then cause is you've got this, this large amount of sodium that's happening out. You know, there's a, there's a lot of sodium out of a cell, not as much in, um, but sodium itself can move back into a cell uh, through other channels um, but that sort of balance between sodium and potassium is what regulates the movement of fluid in and out of a cell so in and out of let's say a muscle cell and can help maintain its hydration status now when at the right levels obviously like sodium and potassium are at the right levels water is kept at just the right amounts inside and outside of a cell when we have imbalances in either one of these electrolytes, sodium or potassium, this is when we tend to see problems. Um, and there's a few. One of those, if we're thinking about an imbalance, uh, one of that one of those could show is, is cramping. So if you find that you're cramping a lot throughout the day, um, it's usually due to a lack of sodium. And if the first thing I do is check where your levels are at if you're cramping, and, and ultimately take take a little bit more um other other sort of common side effects of low sodium in the diet is lacking of lack of an ability to get a pump on um because remember and I, I use this phrase um with clients all the time that where sodium goes water flows so as we supplement sodium in into our diet yes we know that we've got this pump that is putting sodium out and pulling potassium in and again we've got sodium going re going back into the cell through other channels and whatnot um water can can move with that right so um as can your ability to update nutrients so anyway a lack of ability to get a pump on i, I saw this this year with one of my clients I, I got his sodium protocol wrong you know held my hands up i said that in a previous podcast um i got it wrong and he just couldn't get a pump on on stage and he was cramping and I was like, 
fuck that was my fault um but here's a coach how you learn how you get better in this game is um is by making mistakes and learning from them and that's kind of something i'll go into later on in this podcast um and i guess one other thing i should say is that the that sodium potassium pump uh, that again i won't go into too much detail it also regulates our body's ph so our body's sort of acid or alkaline levels and again if that becomes imbalanced uh, you can become very very unwell but generally our sodium intake will have an influence on our kidneys to tell them sort of how much water to excrete um, in our urine or how much uh, we should sort of hold hold on to if our kidneys are healthy and functioning uh, the way they should then any extra sodium that we have in our diet that we don't need will simply be excreted out so remember that rule of where sodium goes water flows it's just something to remember across this whole podcast and you'll understand what i'm talking about so if we have this increased sodium intake then what will no doubt no doubt stimulate is the body to hold on to a little bit more fluid you know why because sodium itself is going to stimulate thirst in the brain tell you to drink more and because we're putting more in we'll tend to hold on a little bit more fluid so what does that do specifically it's it's going to increase our blood volume right now that increased blood blood volume as it's making its way around the body it's going to simply help move glucose amino acids other nutrients throughout the body like going to move them throughout the body but into the likes of muscle like let's say working muscle um, so it's helping to deliver those nutrients to the muscle whilst you're training, but then also throughout the day as you recover. Now, one of the other benefits of sodium as well, particularly if we time it well around training, is that we get this little increase in blood pressure, an increase in systolic blood pressure. So we've got two benefits there to training. We have uh, an increased amount of sort of say volume within the blood that's helping shuttle nutrients to muscle but also we have an increase in blood pressure so that though that that nutrients is getting to that working muscle that a little bit quicker right so we've got two two benefits there as well as the extra sodium's helping the you know the, the electrical signals from the brain to the muscle to say contract so let's let, i guess let's break that down what we know so far more muscle mass, greater need for sodium for those nerve impulses from the brain to the muscle cell to contract. More sodium increases blood volume, blood pressure, and aids in delivering more nutrients to our working muscles in performance and recovery. So from a bodybuilding perspective, you could say that having more sodium in our diet supports maintaining muscular fullness, um, performance, recovery, and I guess all of those are crucial across your prep or an off season um but more so i would say not more so just i place a big importance in it towards the back end of a contest prep when you're extremely lean um and i'll get into that soon now i guess the, the one other thing we should probably mention is is fluids you know um that kind of goes along with sodium because i said there that sodium like where water goes sodium uh, sorry where sodium goes water flows so we uh we said that sodium uh, will stimulate that thirst and prompt you to take on more fluid so by by doing so it's kind of like helping your main helping your kidneys maintain 
his proper literate levels because remember any excess it will just excrete out um, but it's all because of that stimulating thirst it's also contributing to maintaining this increased sort of blood volume that's helping aid performance nutrient delivery to your working muscles uh, but the same thing same time like as bodybuilders like we sweat quite a lot way more than the average joe you could be someone that's on a competition prep um, then you'll no doubt be doing considerably amount more cardio on top of your chest so maybe you're doing a five day split but then maybe you've got like seven days cardio as well and then maybe you're you know doing 15,000 steps whatever it is and you live in a warm climate you can be sweating a lot or it's the summer alternatively you could be at the peak of your off season <laughs> and at the peak of my off season uh, I sweat quite a bit and uh, particularly in the summer uh, I wouldn't say that Scotland's a warm climate at all it's just, it was just extremely hot last week um, you could be sweating a lot throughout the day that you're training so therefore like as a result of sweating so much you are going to lose not only water but sodium as well um, which will need to be replaced and I think as a general rule of thumb we need roughly one gram of sodium per 15 to 20 kilos of body weight and some people will say that you need sodium potassium in a ratio of one to one in the body um, but in all honesty last year when I manipulated my potassium levels uh, it just caused me to have a lot of loose stools and um, it just yeah it wasn't great so I was getting prepped by Cal at the time we just pulled potassium out and kept sodium in um, and noticed zero difference apart from the look got better um, when actually up to my sodium levels but if, you if you're able to determine your sodium and fluid needs um, you might be wondering well how do I do that it's, it's actually very beneficial from a coaching perspective to know but if you're on doing it yourself how you could really determine it is you can actually look at the colour of your pee <laughs> as, um, as silly as that sounds but if, if you're if, if the colour is like pale or a lemon shade of yellow, like it means you're well hydrated, you're getting enough sodium, you get enough fluid. Uh, if it's like properly clear, you're probably consuming like a little too much water uh, and you might need to up your sodium intake. Uh, but then the latter uh, stages of prep, you're going to be consuming a lot of fluid anyway to just fill you up to deal with hunger. So I wouldn't say there's a need to pull that back if you're on prep. Alternatively, if you're dehydrated and you're you know, your pee resembles sort of dark, sidery colour. Definitely means you're going to need a bit more fluid. Probably won't need more sodium. It's probably just going to be fluid in that instance. But the best thing, and the best thing that I do with clients is I set them a, a target of sodium per day, target of fluid per day, and then we just go from there um, and we tweak it along the way um, on how they feel and what we see in front of us. And of course, like the further you get into prep, there's going to be maybe a bit more of a need for like fluid or sodium as you sweat more. But I tend to just like, keep sodium quite high at the starter prep and then just up fluids as we go on because remember the excess sodium at the start if it's not needed is just excreted out um, and it's going to be it's going to have a benefit anyway having it at quite a high level so um, yeah I would say if you are prepping don't necessarily worry about like don't pull your fluids back if you're if you're <laughs> if your pee is clear because uh, yeah I mean when I was prepping last year I was having like I think it was eight to eight and a half litres of fluid a day and that was inclusive of like um, two coffees a day as well as my my water intake and intra-workout intake, etc, etc. Um, but yeah, just something to bear in mind if you're if you're unsure of, okay, where should, uh, where should uh, my 
sort of fluid intake or, or sodium intake be. Um, as I said, it's 15, 20 kilos of body weight per one gram of sodium. And it's usually going to come in the form of pink salt. You know, pink Himalayan salt itself, roughly about three grams of that will be about one gram of sodium um, there, thereabouts. But remember the, ex the sodium that you're going to be getting from your diet as well. Um, so again, lots to take into consideration now. Going into a show or a shoot, um, peaking, fluid and or sodium and fluid intake is something that can be manipulated, um, will be and can help get a desired look. However, there is a huge varied opinion on this in the industry and I completely understand uh, there's so many different ways to skin a cat. I've done a couple of different ways. Um, I did it last year in my prep. We did we did one way um, for the first two shows, two or three shows. Um, and if I'm honest, it didn't really work that well. Um, I then asked Cal if we could change the way we do it. And uh, we did, and I felt the look was better thereafter. So what I do with my clients is I tend to go with what I sort of did towards the back end of that prep. Um, and I've seen it work really, really well. Now, what people will say is they'll say, oh, you shouldn't manipulate the sodium because something will run flat or if someone's ready, why would you change it, blah, blah, blah. What I'll say is see if you're manipulating sodium, like someone has to be peeled, absolutely peeled for this to make any worth of a difference. If someone isn't peeled, then it's going to make very minimal difference. It's like it's like saying to someone like, oh, um, you know, we're going to use uh, a diuretic. You don't want to use H2 to move. And the thing is, you could use that if someone's still got body fat, they've still got body fat, so it's gonna make the world of difference. But let's think about the the peak in it in the show in general. We've got usually a loading phase, and we've got a drying out phase. Remember that. So from listening to this podcast, you're aware that you know what sodium can do and how it can help nutrient delivery. So if we're loading then of course sodium will help us like increase muscle glycogen stores, fill out muscle, get more nutrients to it because of just what it does in regards to like say blood volume, etc. etc. Um, however, then when you get to a drying out stage, that's where you could manipulate it. Now you would probably manipulate it along with fluids, and this is the thing, like last year what me and Cal did between the first two shows and the last three, what we did with fluid was completely different. In the first two shows last year, I had all my daily fluid by 3 or 4 p.m. Um, and then the final three shows, instead of doing that, I cut it, cut my fluid in half um, and had that across the entire day. Um, I think that old phrase where sodium goes, water flows, is something you need to remember. So you would certainly maintain it throughout the, the dieting, uh, sorry, the loading phase, and then you could slightly taper it down the day before the, the show when you're drying it. So get full first and then get dry. Um, and then on show day, like you, you, it has to be in. You, you can never, ever cut it completely. Otherwise, you're on that risk of looking flat and not being able to get a pump, etc., etc. And remember that it does help increase the stock blood pressure, so you could ramp up before stage get a little bit more vascularity. Um, but in general, I think with each meal, 
with each, with each meal on a show day um, it needs to go in and when I think back to um, my client Ian I spoke about at the start of the podcast we uh, I think his daily intake is pink salt it's like 9 9 grams um, there thereabouts we kept that the same when loading we pulled it down slightly um, the day before the show along with his fluid and on the day of the show by the end of the day he'd had 9 grams um, and the look was the same all day you know he woke up a little bit flatter on the on the show day um, but once we reintroduced a bit of food salt and fluid boom he would burst in full leave that for an hour and a half he'd flatten out again boom do, repeat the same meal and we just saw that across the whole day and it was and that's why we didn't really change that protocol um, so it just it, it re- reconfirmed the importance of me like why it's still needed on show day um, 100% and as a coach what I tend to say to a lot of my clients is as like in, on that day I always ask them how's your ability to contract how's your ability to contract how do you feel in that pose and and based on that feedback is kind of then what I'll do for the next meal whether I keep it sort of the same or I push a little bit more or a little bit less of course it's maybe a bit different um, if you are a bikini girl um, maybe maybe I mean I don't want to say this as a generic term because there's some bikini girls that are fucking jacked that have bigger delts than me. But if you don't have as much muscle mass as maybe a, a you know male bodybuilder, um, then your sodium needs might be a bit different. Um, do you need to be really vascular going on stage? Not really. Um, but you will need to be full. You know, filling your glutes, filling your delts. Um, hard, dry, etc., etc. So, uh, well, it depends on the fed. <laughs> but that's, that's for another... Another podcast, this is uh, just about sort of sodium and what you can do. But what I'll say is, like, see if you're unsure about what to do going into show day. Just leave it alone or consult with someone that doesn't know what they're talking about. Um, But understand that you may have to trial and error it and make mistakes. And I think that, you know, last year for my own prep was a learning curve. And towards the back end last year as well with one of my clients, uh, Chris Rendell, did very well. In hindsight, when we were speaking about this on the phone last week, we think we probably should have had a bit more sodium in um, on show day for him, although he did incredibly well. Um, and then I made it a bit of a bit of an error at the start of the year with Leighton that I'll never do again. So I think now like I, I've got a process that works for me and uh, I've had success from it. There will be coaches out there that have a protocol and a process that works for them and they've had success from it too. Just remember that Ultimately, like when you're on stage or you're in front of a camera or whatever it is, the judges don't care whose process is better. They only care about how you look. So if one process gets you your desired look, brilliant. If a different process gets you the exact same desired look, brilliant. It's really fine margins. When we're playing about with this stuff, um or if a coach is playing a bit with this stuff, they're going to know what they're doing and you probably look pretty good anyway. So I would say that when we manipulate the serum, can it help? 100%, I think it's going to give us that extra 5-10% of a look um, based on fullness, dryness, ability to hold a pump, etc. And uh, and that could mean the difference between... uh, Winning, losing, placing, not placing, looking badass on the camera, not looking badass, 
looking flat, you know, not going to pump on, looking full, looking vascular, etc., etc. There's so much that can go into it. But I think in some in, in summary, we could say that adding sodium into our diet as bodybuilders, you could probably deem as essential now, right? And uh, this is going to help support our nervous system, the ability of our muscles to contract, uh, you know, the ability of the increased deliver, uh, delivery of nutrients, uh, maintaining fluid balance, hydration levels, etc., etc. By supplementing it, you could argue you're going to increase your performance, you're going to aid recovery, um, and no doubt our daily needs are just greater due to the increased amount of muscle mass we have, how much we sweat, um, and how much bigger <laughs> we, we want to get as well. Um, how you would figure out how much you need, you know, set a target, um, adapt to the feedback that you see in front of you. Um, and then lastly, as we said, we you know, could play about with that sodium leaning up to show, but if you're unsure, then then please don't do it. Um, so guys, that's it for me. Hopefully you enjoyed uh, today. Uh, if you have any questions on on this, because it's quite a it's quite a, a topic that maybe needs a bit more thinking about than others, uh, please just do let me know. DM me, and we'll have a conversation. But also, there's an article on this that is on the website. You can comment on that as well, um, and you can you know you'll get a reply from myself. Or let's say you commented on an article that Clara done, then you'd get a comment back from from her. Um, we're more than happy to answer any questions you've got, and would be. Um, very welcoming of uh, anyone that was was up for for learning um, or maybe maybe you want to tell us about the different process that you do uh, I know that there's the coaches I've worked with as I says with Cal last year we we did his method it didn't work that well we did mine and it worked um, it's about kind of meeting in the middle at times isn't it and I think I put, put this in a post uh, last night you know it's so important now if you're thinking about competing next year that you start working with a coach ASAP there is 18 weeks left until the 1st of December when people that are competing in April next year will start dieting. So you have less than four months, which doesn't seem like a lot, but I promise you that it'll come around at a click of a finger. And in the bodybuilding in the bodybuilding world, uh, 18 weeks, <laughs> it's long, but it's not at the same time. And if you're thinking about competing for the first time and you've never worked with the coach before, you've never done posing before, you've never had a structured off-season before, you're not sure what to do, what shows, what category, what federation, etc., etc., now is the time to get that done. So myself and the team, we are taking on clients for 2023. As I said, we're already looking like, a, like the busiest start of the season we have ever had with clients. Also, the, the calibre of those clients as well. It's just so exciting. So if you want to be part of a team that has had now 85 top threes, 39 wins off of putting 42 people on stage, we would love to work with you. But remember that we're not just about that. It's not just about helping pe- put people on stage. We do work with uh, lifestyle clients, body transformations, etc. Um, for example, one of my clients just finished her wedding prep where she lost 20 kilos. Um, and you know now she'll work towards a photo shoot in the next 18 months and her goals have, have drastically changed. Um, so you don't necessarily need to step on stage. You know, we'll work with anyone, but you know we do take pride in uh, the help that we and so what we can do with uh, with first timers so please just do drop me a dm on instagram and book yourself in for a free consult call if not guys thank you for listening remember that wherever you are whatever you do give it the beans